Hey, what's up, guys? It's Dan from United Q. It's Wednesday, which means we have another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. I'm here on my own currently, but hopefully my co-host, Barbecue Forte, will join us at some point during the episode. And we are brought to you by ProQ Barbecue Gourmet and Smoke with Check, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you think about buying your first smoker or looking to upgrade or even looking to pick up some epic accessories, check them out over at Max Barbecue. And Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with top-notch championship-winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the US and around the world. And you can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas, or electric, the real taste summer can be yours all year round. And Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness and you provide the talent. So if you're looking for your smoking wood chunks, dust, chips, or planks, then head on over to smokewoodshack.com. And you can find them on Twitter at smokewoodshack.com. And on this week's show, we have John Renahan. Hi, John. Hello. 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 How you doing, mate? You all right? Hi, good, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Can you hear me all right? Am I coming through? Yes. Yeah? No, that's perfect. It's, yeah. We try and... It's, a, it's put out as a, as a non-explicit podcast. So don't worry yeah. if you do swear, because we don't like to edit it. We just put it out straight away. But <laughs> if we can try and avoid it, then that would be great. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. All right. Uh, wicked. Cool. Well... I'm going to start like right at the very beginning. Like, where, where did your sort of love for cooking and food come from? Um, okay. Uh, well, I started when I was um, about 16 when I was uh, living at home. Uh, I grew up as an only child, so my mother was working all the time, and I started cooking for her. Um, and that was quite a fun thing, you know, uh, finishing school, going back, um, cooking, preparing food for her. You know, cool. she was very happy when she finished work. Um and throughout my time then, I was going to school as well. Um, I ended up doing a lot of different jobs from landscaping, uh, building, and lots of stuff, just summer jobs, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I decided that, um, you know, with the Irish weather, <laughs> uh, I kind of wanted to stay indoors Inside, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, just the love of food for, for when I was cooking for the mother and stuff, uh, I got up a summer job working in the kitchen, and it kind of began from there. Uh, and then one day I saw on TV um, uh, the Jamie Oliver kitchen um, in London, 15. Um, so I decided I applied for it. Um, but just before that, before I ever knew that that was happening, I was working with my uncle. Um, and we, he was quite a hard man to work for. So um, I was out in the fields picking stones and uh, we had a bit of falling out. And um, he ended up buying me a cookbook because he knew that I wanted to cook. So he got me a gift uh, of the Jamie's Kitchen cookbook. Okay. So I, so I kind of read it inside out. And uh, then I decided I sent off the letter to London um, to hopefully get on board uh, with 15, um, with an amazing team of people. Um, and then mm. after a few months, I got the letter back uh, asking me to come to London for an interview. Wow, that must have been pretty big. So for people, the listeners that may not know, 15 is a sort um, of a cookery scheme that, that uh, a school that Jamie Oliver put on and still puts on now, and it's for, I mean, targets yeah. uh, sort of... Yeah, it's it's for young people all around London and the UK um, that uh, come from different backgrounds, um, and it's there to inspire them to become chefs. Um, some backgrounds are... Uh, quite difficult and it kind of brings them out and gives them a little bit of light for the future and it gives them a ton of support um, to become better in what they're doing 
Um, awesome. And it's like an and intense then, sort of like three-year course, is it, or something like that? Yeah, it's a two-year course. Two but year. then after that, like, they, they're so amazing. They support you everywhere you go, you know. Even yeah. to this day, we still talk. And, you know, anytime I go to London, I pop in and say hello. And it's, it's just like a big family. Um, awesome. You know, it, it's quite emotional stuff, really, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it sounds yeah. absolutely amazing. Like, uh, genuinely sounds amazing. And they did one of the 15s uh, on, on TV, and I watched that. I remember watching that years ago. And uh, it was it was amazing stuff watching, even even as a sort of spectator from the outside, seeing uh, some of the stuff that was going on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've seen some uh, amazing talent come out of that. Um, and, uh, you know, just giving the people the chance and that little extra push, you know, um, they really shine through, you know. Yeah, it just shows that Jamie. Jamie's just really, really genuine, nice guy, and uh, always out to help people. Exactly. And uh, he helped you out with your sort of uh, first job after that, didn't he? You went to Encanto um, in San Francisco. Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah. Um, after uh, fifteen, then I worked pretty hard there, and uh, um, I got a scholarship to go to America. So I lived in San Francisco, uh, working at Encanto with Chris Cosentino, um, and that was an amazing journey. That that was. Um, you know, uh, working in a very old school Italian restaurant, doing old um, kind of grandma dishes to using tripe and using head to tail and using every part of the animal and cooking whole animals and going out to the the market and buying a ton of stuff and coming back and creating a menu there and then for the dinner service. But you can um, see even now that that's influenced the way you cook now because you do a lot of sort of whole animal stuff now. So it's interesting yeah. to see that even in even though it wasn't sort of a barbecue as such or, or something along those lines, it's actually that Correct. style of cooking and using whole animals yeah. and respecting the you animal and, and stuff like that that you picked up and still influences your cooking now. Yeah, you know, look, I, I, I eat animals, you know, and I do a lot of uh, vegetarian food as well. But at the end of the day, when I use an animal, I like to use everything of the animal. Um, you know, um, I, I use everything. I'm, I make my own black pudding, um, you yeah. know, like the, the old salt machine or uh, Irish dish or uh, black pudding that you would have or sanguinaccia in it, Italian. You know, I make all of these things and making salamis and cured meats and eating everything basically yeah, eating everything yeah. and 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 the more whole of the animal i cook the better the longer it takes first off to cook it but the more flavor that goes into it so by cooking it whole you get so much flavor uh and it's just a beautiful thing to do you know over some open fire or uh, at home you know it doesn't um it, it matters on how you cook it but it's just an incredible feeling to do you know uh, yeah and just i mean I know that the flavor-wise and stuff, but also just to look at with your eyes and see. I mean, we eat with our eyes and and seeing yeah. the whole animal in in the pit and, and everything being cooked together, and it's just yeah. it takes you back. I mean, it's just like one of those things, like a real sort of primal feeling. You look at it with your eyes, you see that this whole animal. It's, it's an amazing sort of spectacle, real theater, and it, it sort of adds to the whole experience as well. I feel it's, yeah, it's, uh, no, absolutely. You know, it's, it, it it is like fire is a very very special thing. You know, and it's. Uh, underrated really uh you know back in the day you know people would look at fire and even now it's still in our minds you look at it and it brings comfort and it brings warmth and it brings people and it brings food and it's a survival thing um and then especially when you cook a whole animal people come and they gather and they all eat together you know people don't eat too much together anymore you know they're eating on the go and yeah yeah you know, it's, it's either people are sitting down around a big table and half the children are half the table are on their phones you know um they, they they need to 
turn the phone off when you eat first off, <laughs> sit, sit down, eat together and actually talk like humans around. Yeah. Uh, well, that was one thing we always did when we grew up is is that every yeah. every dinner every meal we we all sat down it was even if we all sat in our own separate rooms for the rest of the evening we all sat down around a table together and enjoyed the sort of evening meal phones yeah. away chatted talking i mean that's what it's all about it brings everyone yeah. together food is about bringing people together correct absolutely and that's that's one of the main things as well that you know uh 15 and uh jamie pushes out is food brings people together um you know, he does an awful lot of stuff. Um, but that that was all through America as well, you know, uh, with Chris. And w- after that, then it was, uh, I moved on to St. John's Restaurant in London uh, with Fergus Henderson and um, a big team of chefs in there, um, which was an incredible experience. Again, it was more of a head-to-tail restaurant. Um, you know, get, getting up at 6 in the morning, being there for 7 and skinning like 50 hares, you know, and 20 rabbits. <laughs> Um, yeah. It's an, an amazing way to start your morning, um, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, but you get used to it, and um, you know, just getting ready for lunch service and uh, doing some incredible food uh, with very talented, passionate people again. Um, but to get up at that sort of time in the morning, go into work and and skin, like you said, like fifty hairs or, or whatever, it's got to show. Yeah. You got to be passionate about what you're doing to do that. It's got to be a real drive. Yeah, it's it's. It's, yeah. Again, it's it's just a sort of fantastic thing to do. <laughs> Correct. It's it's not an easy thing to do first thing in the morning. No. But um, you you need to love it and you need to yeah. Find you need it. to have that drive and passion, or else you wouldn't be there. Correct. Correct. Um, but then, yeah. After that, we've done a small TV show on Jamie's uh, chef. It's called, and that was where Jamie gave us the opportunity to open up our own restaurant in Essex. Um, and during that time, actually, I, I was very young. I was. 22, um, well, not young, just uh, a, a grown man, really. But uh, um, yeah. at that point, at that point, I decided um, that I would actually back out of the TV show and actually go back to America um, and, and live there again. And actually, I went back as a sous chef um, to uh, San Francisco for my old boss, uh, Chris. And uh, that was another um, roller coaster of a ride. So it was a completely different level. Um, his level has picked up an awful lot, as in he he's really well known and mm-hmm. uh, a, mass, a massive uh, pride in what he does and passionate. Um, so I went there and I took over uh, with him, and it was one of the most incredible experiences. It actually really brought me out to be a man at that point, you know, because I was just always working on those jobs, and then you had to step up to be step up to the plate, but also to be able to run the kitchen properly. Yeah, um, it's a massive learning lead, curve. Yeah, and actually lead the kitchen, you know. Um, you'd rather be a leader than a boss, you know, and yeah. uh, uh, teach people and inspire them and push them forward and actually run the kitchen with them um, was an amazing experience. Um, I bet. And, and, and I literally cried coming back on the plane from America uh, for many hours, uh, not <laughs> wanting to leave because my visa ran out. Um, so I had to, I had to come back. Um, but then I, I got a phone call. Everything in, happens for a reason. So then this phone yeah, call came through. Exactly, everything happens, and I got this uh, nice phone call, um, and that was about barbacoa. Uh, that was in London, and Jamie told me everything that he was doing on that, and if I wanted to be a part, and um, I was linked up with uh, Adam Perry Lang at that point. Yeah. Um, which is another an amazing, passionate, uh, loving fella who 
is just a ball of inspiration, really. And that's kind of where I kind of fell into barbecue and slow cooking. Um, always had the slow cooking aspect of it. Um, but the barbecue, the really low, low and slow with the wood and the charcoal and um, the products. And then I started doing my own little twists in barbacoa because we had um, quite a big kitchen in barbacoa. We used to serve, we, they could serve up to a thousand people a day now uh, in there. And we had uh, a wood fire oven, a uh, Japanese robotic grill. Um, we had a big massive smoker, two tandoori's, an Argentine grill, and a fire pit. Um, wow! So, so it, had you yeah. had you used many of these things before then, or you literally chucked um, in right at the deep at, end? At that point, no. Um, at that point, I spent about six months with Adam in a small, little, tiny kitchen in a test kitchen, um, just me and him cooking. Okay. Um, and and it was the probably the most happiest eight months of my life where. I was just going to the market, buying everything that I needed, uh, coming back, cooking everything. And experimenting. And I mean, experiment. that's got to be every chef's dream. I mean, it, uh, it was incredible. I didn't sleep. I was up at five o'clock in the morning, topping the fire up of wood, and going to bed at two o'clock in the morning after putting in everything over the night. Um, go home, have a quick shower, go to bed, and wake up in excitement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drinking tons of coffee, of course, <laughs> um, but uh, full of excitement to get off there again and actually do something. And then we opened up the restaurant, and then you know it's, it's a very big restaurant, and you know I ran it. A thousand people it. a day—that's just crazy. Yeah, uh, and a very very high standard as well. And we knew we used to have our own butcher shop where we used to dry age all our own meat and everything. And the amount of passion that went into all of this and work and effort was just uh, incredible um, and I still love it to this day um, even though I've not been working there for a year and a half I was just there a few weeks ago eating dinner uh, to say hello to everyone and it was just amazing um, place and amazing people um, so yeah just for people that don't uh, know Barbaco is still still open and still running and it's, yeah. it's uh, right by St. Paul's Cathedral in, uh, in yeah. London city of London uh, and like you yeah. said, there's there's the butchers there as well. I've popped into, I've been um, into the butchers, and they do butchery um, classes and stuff there, which is really cool. Yeah, the butcher now has actually uh, moved on, so that's oh, actually it? closed. But there's a massive takeaway shop there now as well, um, and they got a very small little stand with all their meats. Um, but they still use the same suppliers for their meat upstairs in the restaurant, and um, the restaurant is still open every single day. Um, and it's uh, an amazing team in there um, yeah. with some really passionate chefs, um, all the guys that I used to work with. Um, so it's, it's quite exciting when you go in and you see them still there and pushing away strong yeah. and doing some incredible new dishes. Um, you know, that's that's what life and food is all about right there. <laughs> Definitely. I do have to jump in because uh, Ben's just arrived. Ben's uh, <laughs> Hello, here. Hello, I'm here. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was, uh, Fashionably late. He was busy doing something else, so uh, he's just, just arrived. How you doing? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I've just got in just in time to listen to a bit of the barbacoa chat, and barbacoa yeah. is probably one of my favourite open fire restaurants I've ever been to. I loved it there. It was actually the f- first restaurant that I went to where my wife paid the whole bill for me. Wow! Uh, and I was super excited because she <laughs> she wasn't because she paid twenty six pound for a burger, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, but it's the best burger I've ever eaten. <laughs> I yeah, think, I think it, it have like truffles or something like that on it. I think it oh, was amazing. That, 
that was the deluxe. That was the, the proper one. Um, yeah, it was, wa- it was wagyu beef and yeah, truffle. Oh, that that, awesome. that was that was a beautiful Welsh wagyu. Um, that was pickle porcinis. I remember that one. It's kind of hard to forget. Yeah. Um, and he had like a duck liver pate underneath, and uh, the best, the best of everything. Yeah, the best of everything. It was definitely it's still. I think it's still up there as probably the best burger I've ever eaten. Oh my god, I'm getting hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it not still on the menu then? Is it? Is that one? No, there? no, oh, that, no, that's gone now. Uh, that's gone now. Um, but yeah, they got amazing other stuff on there. Large yeah. cups of meat and everything. Anything yeah. you want. <laughs> I can't remember yeah. what she had. She had a fish dish, but I can't remember what it was. Now it's too yeah. too interested in my burger to think about it. But <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah. And I love the like, setup in there. I love being able to like watch everything behind the glass, so you could see everyone cooking and yeah, the, all that's the different the best styles thing. of cookers that they had in there. It's to me, I was just like in awe. Like the, I said to them, I was like, "Oh, I really like barbecue." So I said, "Oh, come and have a look." And so she showed me around and was just like, yeah, just a no, kid in a sweet shop. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no secrets in there anyway, so yeah. you can see right through. And that's the best thing as well when you're eating is watching the chefs work hard <laughs> yeah. and uh, and cook all all your food you know um, I actually got fire. I got moved like our seat got moved because they first set us down with like a really nice view of St Paul's Cathedral thinking yeah. that that's what we'd want to see and we sat down and I was like um, I can't see the kitchen from here uh, is there oh. any chance you could move us she's like oh most people want to sit around here I was like no I just want to watch all them cooking <laughs> <laughs> amazing yeah amazing yeah um so yeah, that 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 was barbacoa, um, which is incredible. But uh, after that uh, was the big grill festival in Dublin, um, yeah. And that and that was last year. Uh, so once I moved on from barbacoa, um, done a few different small events uh, after, but went to the big grill. Um, and uh, actually, just before I went to the big grill, I actually, in fact, created my own festival down in Kerry. Um, I think I'd heard something like your your local where you you're the village you grew up in or something yeah, the uh, the um, the church yeah, bell tower or something is I think correct I've heard yeah. something like, uh, um, yeah so it was um, basically I I done a thing here in Ireland called the gathering where they invite you back uh, to bring people back together and uh, I decided I I was on the stage and I says look I will done a small demonstration of a ribeye and some chicken and um, they said is that all you're going to cook. I said, well, I will, it's a demonstration, you know, I'm not cooking for the whole village. Um, but, you know, on that call, I said, if anyone wants me to come back next year uh, and I'll pull some sponsors together, uh, then I will cook for the entire village. And so a, y- a year moved on, and I actually ended up coming back, uh, cooking for the entire village. But it turned into much more than that. So I had some amazing suppliers like Dal Meats and truly Irish here as well in Ireland, and Domi to the big UK and um, Ireland uh, company. Um, and Taurus Barbecue sponsored me barbecues uh, sent in from Germany. Um, I brought in guys from all around the world. So all of a sudden it started off as a small little village barbecue. It ended up to be a, quite a big festival. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, um, where these New Zealand fellas came in who I met, who done the hungy, um, Bruce Simpson and Frank, um, incredible! They performed the hacka. They taught everyone what the hacka actually really stands for. They done hungi. Uh, we done block pits, smokers, grills, asados, 
we had the green eggs there. Um, we had grills, um, and we fed everyone. You weren't letting anyone say to you, "You're only doing this this year." Then <laughs> you like no, went no. full. You're like, "This is no. not happening again." <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, you know, we geez, we went through geez, twenty twenty whole pigs maybe. Wow. Um, <laughs> in two days, we went through about fifteen whole briskets on the bone. Uh, maybe three hundred kilo of beef. Um, probably about five hundred chickens. Um, it's not a small village, then. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I've, uh, the, the, village is, the, the, the village has, about, I think, about 300. And um, it has three pubs, and they ran out of drink on the Saturday uh, twice, and they ran out of drink on the Sunday. So they had to get more drink every single time they ran out. Um, I need but, to come to this festival, yeah. I think. This sounds epic. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm planning something big for next year. Ooh. Awesome. So, yeah, so it's going to be very interesting. Um, but again, you know, it's, well, if you it's need a couple about... of guys that can pretend they can cook, then yeah, uh, me and Ben can do it. We can talk a good talk, but you know, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you can actually do the cooking demo bit, we can just talk. You know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Here's one we did earlier, uh, cooked by John. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was just so much fun. You know, uh, cooking a ton of meat and veg, of course. Uh, you know, and uh, it, it, it was just a good laugh, you know. And, um, awesome. you know, people came in from all around the world, you know. Uh, Niall Gallagher as well came in from America, who's uh, a king of barbecue um, from down south. And he flew into Shannon Airport and came straight down to the village. Um, and he went out again, taxi up to Dublin and flew off to Germany. And that was like an incredible pit stop and an honor to have these guys yeah. fly in just for a few hours to see what we we're doing. Um, awesome. Buses coming from all around the country um, just to come and see what we we're doing. Demonstrations, ready, city cook challenges. And we hand, we gave out, of course, Jamie's books and uh, T-shirts and free barbecues and charcoal. And, oh, we gave away so much. Um, but that's that's what it's all about, you know. Um, having yeah. good fun and um, I met a guy there called Andy Noonan then um, who has foul play in Dublin um, and uh, yeah Andy's he, a cool guy he, he's pretty cool you know um, in fact we're going to Brazil next uh, Sunday uh, oh, wow. me and him and um, bit of market research to, or um, yeah completely um, we are going to Churrasco as well uh, so we've been invited out to cook at Churrasco which was at the big grill this year wow um, with Carlos and uh, yeah, Diego yeah, yeah. and Gustav, um, they were all um, out there. So they got their own festival in Brazil in São Paulo, and it's an incredible, incredible festival with incredible people. Um, so we're going to fly out next Sunday, have a few days to get over any jet lag thing, and uh, plan and prepare uh, what, 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 what we're going to be cooking. Um, so definitely looking forward to that. Um, but last year it was the big grill, um, and it was just really good. You know, cooking back in Dublin um, was very nice. First time actually working back in Ireland. And uh, I just met a, a few people, and uh, we done an interview, and uh, I got linked up down here in Cork. So now I'm back in Ireland. So it was just, I mean, just due to the fact that that was the sort of first time you've been back cooking and uh, is that what yeah. drew you back to Ireland you just couldn't get away again you were like nah, that's it now I'm here um, yeah you know I still have all my belongings in London I can't let go of <laughs> London 
Um, you know, I, I love London away too much, and uh, I'm going to be back very shortly as well. Um, well, with the interview I done up in uh, Dublin um, with Caroline Hennessy and everyone, uh, a few people in Cork saw uh, saw me doing the interview, and they wanted to open up a restaurant um, in Cork. And um, you know, Cork is an up and coming city. You know, there's amazing yeah. people down here with really good food. Um, the food scene has picked up. Um, I was just down in West Cork there yesterday and had some incredible food at a place called Pilgrims down there um, near Ross Cabri, and uh, that was just incredible. Um, very nice to see, you know, small little country towns and villages actually doing some incredible yeah. food uh, with incredible talented chefs. Um, but apparently West Cork is um, the place to be uh, with chefs coming in from all around the world, um, kind of not wanting the quiet life, but wanting to get the country life. Um, they live there and set up a restaurant, and they just do forage their own food and go hunting and cook. Um, that's amazing. That's, that's and, what it's all about. And, and, that's, and that's what they were doing, you know. And there was only two chefs in the kitchen, and the restaurant was fully packed, and the food was to die for. Um, so, yeah, uh, these guys in Cork, uh, Eddie and Billy, saw, uh, saw me on the interview, and called me up and came to London to meet me and said uh, what they kind of wanted. Um, so I flew back and had to have a look at what they really wanted and kind of do a few changes. And then I opened up uh, a barbecue restaurant. Uh, Holy Smoke. Holy Smoke. Uh, now, the, the, the barbecue in the UK is much different to Ireland because Ireland is just a few years behind on the barbecue scene. Um, in London, it's, it's always really far ahead. Um, so I we're down in Plymouth, keep... so we're we're about ten years behind. Don't worry, yeah. <laughs> we're just catching up with Cork at the moment. Yeah, we're, we're trying to catch yeah. up with Cork. <laughs> um, but you know, look, we we decided that we would keep it very simple and basic um, barbecue, and just do it right. Um, you know, we use our local farmers uh, for our meat products. You know, we use our local suppliers for cheese. You know, we, for the burgers or for the briskets or for uh, the chicken, you know. In fact, the chicken actually, I found out, comes from my village uh, in Kerry, where okay. I had the festival. You know, that's how local it is. Yeah. Um, and it's a proper free-range chicken. And I said, geez, I better go check this thing out now because I have my <laughs> theories with free-range. You know, sometimes it's not really free-range, even though people say it is. Yeah. Um, and I went down and I saw it and I was like, God, I could live here as a, a chicken any day. <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. A spa for chickens. Uh, yeah, walking around, eating happy food and massages. living life. Ah, oh, massages in the sun. Yeah, cucumbers on their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I said, oh, these are the chickens I'm going to use for my smoker anyway. Awesome. Um, and and that, was, that was what it was all about right there, you know. And, um, yeah, so we honed it in. We done very uh, straightforward, simple, good uh, barbecue, you know. At the end of the day, that is what barbecue is about. If you, t- I mean, yeah. like, take it back to where it began. That is what barbecue is. Very, it's a very simple yeah. sort of yeah. original way to cook. I mean, it's it's about fire. It's about controlling fire, patience. Yeah. I mean, there's there's, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of gimmicks and a lot of great things out there now, and and and, yeah. and some of them are fantastic, and and I use them. But again, at the end of the day, yeah, you know, that's it, what barbecue is. You know, one of the main things with barbecue was always the cheaper cut of meat yeah. and actually cooking it low and slow um, tenderizes out really nicely. So mm-hmm. you keep all the juice within it and you can wrap it up and put a bit of butter in there and um, 
cook it over some apple and cherry wood. That's what we do here. Um, and that's that's all you need. You awesome. Nice what sort of uh, pits are you using at uh, Holy um, So I'm using an American cook shack uh, smoker. So I have two cook shacks. Uh, and I got a beautiful um, Japanese Robota grill as well. Um, but the Robota grill has a big massive grill on it. It has a pit, a firebox in there. Um, and it has three different levels. Um, so you can move your meat around. Uh, by controlling the heat up as well. Uh, so you can slow cook your chickens on top and hang your sausages and hang your ribs. But it also has holes on the side of those bars that you can actually put in a rotisserie as well. Oh, um, cool. So there's a guy in London called Mark. Um, he's Lord Logs on Mark Instagram. Par. Yeah, okay, Mark cool. Parr, that's it. Yeah, so he built uh, that grill for me. And I got it shipped over straight away. And all the charcoal I'm using is Matt Williams from... Oxford Charcoal Company, um, who was just down here in Cork with me two days ago. Um, I saw you had a, uh, he was uh, stumbling around, he thinking he'd drunk a bit too much. I had definitely, definitely. <laughs> Doesn't sound um, like him. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but again, you know, it's all about using those right people for the right jobs, you know. Oh, and, and you and, can't um, get better than, than those two guys, those two guys are just... Yeah, and Matt is just like an absolute. Every time I speak to him, I just get lost in charcoal. Like I could talk to him forever. Just, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. I love it. It's my favorite podcast we've done with him. I've re-listened to it so many times. I yeah. say I just learned so much from We're this. We're gonna guy. need like a part two and a part three yeah. and a part four <laughs> with him because I could just talk forever with him. It's crazy. No, that's in- that's incredible. You know, he gave me so much uh, two days ago off the back of his Land Rover, and that was orange wood charcoal, cherry charcoal. Uh, he gave me some. Uh, some mixed species charcoal as well, you know. He gave me some limes, some more limes that he turned into charcoal, some pomegranates. Yeah, so basically, yeah. anything organic, anything organic, you can turn it into charcoal. Um, and, and he uh, just plays and experiments and lives in the woods and has the yeah. time of his life. He was schooling <laughs> me and Christian, uh, DJ Barbecue. Uh, he opened up a mixed, a mixed, uh, a mixed breed charcoal and... Uh, he was pulling out bits and testing us, like, what would's this? What would's this? And we just yeah. got it wrong every time. And uh, <laughs> then he was trying yeah. to explain to us what to look out for, and we were, like, just getting lost. We're like, nah, no. <laughs> it's just charcoal. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. Like, yesterday, actually, in fact, the orange wood charcoal is probably the most expensive. No, it's probably the second most expensive to the Japanese in the world, uh, the Japanese charcoal that they dip in clay. Um and the orange wood charcoal, I used it for the mackerel yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and, and i done a beautiful little salad next to it, but it gave off a nice hint of flavor. And the cherry wood charcoal was for, uh, I cooked off, it was probably about a 3.5 kilo piece of ribeye on the bone. Yeah. And, and that was over the cherry wood charcoal uh, with some cherry wood next to it as well, uh, smoldering away with the nice smoke. And it was just incredible, incredible, um, lovely thing to do, you know. Awesome. Um, you know, I've been experimenting. Yeah. He's sent, I've got a load of uh, some of the woods that he's, he's uh, turning into charcoal, and I'm, uh, I'm currently just uh, experimenting with a bit of a rub that I'm using charcoal in, so it's like a charcoal-based rub. And, uh, Lovely. And the uh, the orange yeah. wood's actually my favorite at the minute. All the charcoals break up differently into different consistencies. When you grind them down, some of them stay a bit more bitty, some of them go into powders, yeah. and you get some. You get the flavor coming through from the uh, the orange, just just a little hint of it, and it's, it's, uh, it's probably my favorite so far. Wow. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I'm looking forward. To, he's got the Cuban Marabou just uh, just sort oh, of yeah. coming out, and I'm looking. I haven't used it yet, but I've uh, got some on order, so I'm looking forward to using that. He's telling me that 
due to the, yeah. the way it's made, it, it, it takes on their metallic sort of uh, consistencies Correct. from the from the earth, where they uh, they dug they dig pits has to be made in the earth, yeah. and it takes the minerals from the earth into it, absorbs them, and then you Correct. get like this metallic charcoal that burns for. He said it's it, like crazy long it, burn you get out of it. it. It burns about four times longer than your normal charcoal, and the ground that they do it in is all it's clay. Um, so yeah. yeah, all those minerals go directly into the charcoal. Um, I got about two pallets of it here with me at, at Holy Smoke. Uh, it's an incredible charcoal to use as well. well, I've, got, well I've got one bag on this way, all right? <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. texture, it just feels different as well. Like when you like knock it against yeah. something, it's got like a different sound yeah, about it. Yeah, it's like a tinny a sort of sound. Yeah. It. it is amazing yeah. stuff. I've used it a like couple It's got times. like a sheen to it. It's like yeah. You can see that it's got like some sort of... It's different. You can <laughs> see it's taken on the metallic. You can actually just see it with your eyes. It's got that sheen yeah. sort of shine to it. So... Yeah, really interesting stuff. Looking forward to trying that one out. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, um, that's, that's within Holy Smoke, you know, um, based in Cork. Um, how's it gone then? How's it, how's it, how's it been it's, since it's you opened? Very busy, very busy. You know, we're very lucky. We've got a lot of publicity and there's a lot of good people out there that uh, are looking at what we're doing. And, you know, we're taking it to the next level, you know, now as well. And, um, you know, it's a, an incredible little place. Um, awesome. very, very very small restaurant, seventy seats, um, and uh, but we we can turn out quite a lot of food for a lot of people yeah. um, as it's all barbecue. Um, so there's always space within here as well uh, for people, and you know we're having good fun with our cocktails, and we're always pushing the limits. You know, smoking uh, smoking cocktails or um, yeah, smoking cocktails. You know, using different woods uh, within them like uh, plum and cherry and. Uh, uh, column here the bar guy is a very talented guy as well and he's experimenting an awful lot now at the beginning we said we take it very easy and subtle and then once we get into the system then we'll start experimenting a little bit more on the side and uh, creating the perfect cocktail you know but keeping it simple uh, yeah, keeping yeah. it very simple but yet having a little simple twist in it um, to give a bit of a short theater and a bit of extra flavor to those cocktails and um, you know we're linked up here then in the front, you know, this the building that I'm based in. It's an incredible uh, place, actually. Um, so you'll have to see it one day. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Up, up, upstairs, so upstairs we have uh, pool tables, snooker tables, and bowling alleys and everything. That's upstairs. Um, so you can start off upstairs, come down, uh, go for a proper big uh, barbecue dinner, and then you can pop into the bar just next door, and it's all open um, for the bar. So you can just walk right in. It's actually called the Porter House. Awesome. So the Porter, the Porter House is based in Dublin, but they have um, uh, one here that's linked up with us, and it's all under the same building. So they have over 106 different types of beer in there. Oh, wow. So, so you can eat your barbecue here, eat <laughs> tons of meat, fill your belly. You can order a beer from their menu, and we deliver it straight into the restaurant. Um, for the people here. And once you've so tried you, over their 100, 100 beers, you then go back <laughs> upstairs and try bowling again when you're really and, drunk. And, uh... and then, and then if, you don't, if you don't want that, upstairs of that, there's karaoke rooms. So you can actually go up and sing <laughs> out as loud as you want. And if you don't want to do that, you can go next door, which is all under the one roof again. Um, you've got uh, the Woolshed, which is actually a sports bar. Um, so they have all the sports in the world. Uh, so you got like play. a whole night out, just yeah, like in really one place. Something yeah. for everyone there. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Yeah, you can start off with sports. You can end up eating barbecue, drink, then go up and sing 
thing away, you know. <laughs> I always get hungry after singing, so I have to come back down for more barbecue as well. <laughs> and then and then after the singing, come back and eat more. Yeah, yes. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, Something that Ed, uh, on our on our podcast in March, he was chatting about was uh, you're experimenting with uh, charcoal in curing, so you're curing meats but using charcoal in the cure. Is that as the is that as the curing agent, or do you uh, do you still? Um, I started off a little bit. Um, I haven't done it for quite a bit now. Um, the main one that I've done that turned out fabulous uh, was cured salmon gravelax. Um, so I got a whole side of salmon. I put um, uh, sugar and the salt, the dill, grated beetroot, um, and I grated up the charcoal in there as well, directly on top of the salt and the sugar, uh, and covered it with lots of... Um, a light liqueur or a schnapps or something uh, like this, you know. Um, yeah. And and that was actually up with Matt uh, from Oxford. Um, now that salmon, I gave it 24 hours, a whole side of wild uh, salmon. It next day I washed everything off it. It firmed up on the outside really nicely, uh, but geez, it melted in your mouth. Um, and you got a slight hint of the charcoal, very slight hint. Um, I used lemon charcoal that weekend when I was doing it. Fantastic. Because uh, Matt was on his uh, experiment inside, and he had oranges and lemons turned into charcoal. Now, awesome. when you smack uh, an orange or a lemon charcoal in half, you open it up, it looks like an orange, and it looks like a lemon inside. It's incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, so I just grated all of that up the lemon charcoal awesome. and of course you know there's no chemicals there's nothing weird about his charcoal it is just wood that's turned into charcoal um you know a very simple process for him and uh you know it's a great product so you you, you can use it safely you know um you wouldn't use all of it but you would put a fair amount on there and it just gave a really nice flavor um, that you could get, but at the moment, yeah, I'm definitely going to be experimenting a little bit more. Cool. Once I come, once I come back from Brazil, anyway. Um, yeah, I, I saw I that pomegranate with the big meat. That, that was cool. You still could all the it was smashed open, and all the individual yeah. seeds were there. And uh, yeah, now I was right. chatting to Matt afterwards, and he was saying that yeah, that was the sort of first attempt. He's going to be experimenting with that one a bit more, and, and that was really yeah. cool. Yeah, no, that's that that's fun, you know, just having little bits and bobs like that, and. You know, if it helps with the flavor of the food as well, you know, by all means, you know, we need to do a lot more of that, you know. Yeah. Um, and and that's, what, that's what I brought into Cork down here, you know, with the charcoal that I'm using, you know. Um, I know where I get everything from, you know, and I and I speak about it and, you know, I speak proudly of it because um, I'm, I'm confident because I, I made the charcoal with Matt. I know his little process and how he does it. Um, it's just nice to say... That you know how you, where you got your charcoal from, and yeah. uh, you know. Um, I mean, Matt was saying that he could tell you from the box serial numbers or bag serial numbers. Yeah. Or the like the yeah. it was it like the square meter or yeah. whatever it, which so part of forestry that, that, yeah. that it came from. So I mean, that's yeah. just incredible in itself. Like you, know, you, you got to be proud of that. Yeah, you know, you know, you're not chopping down any uh, rainforest or any other forest that you shouldn't be chopping down. You know. Um, there's some really bad things happening out there in the world, you know, yeah. that needs to needs to stop, you know. And um, you know, doing this sustainable charcoal is great, you know, and it's a great way to cook and um, fuel use it as fuel as well, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I found uh, at the at the big grill you were you were using like the uh, 
the cedar block cinder block uh, pits. Yeah. And for me, like when I think, I mean, the word pit is sort of now used for any sort of style of barbecue. But in my head, when I say the word pit, it's something like one of those cinder block pits that I imagine. And, yeah. Uh, sort of takes yep. it really back to like a basic sort of style of cooking. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the the block pit, it's very simple. I done one there yesterday as well uh, for the master class in uh, Ross Calvary. Um We used a good 30, 35, 36 blocks, build it up into a nice rectangle. Uh, it would be like five, five, five and a half blocks uh, lengthwise, uh, the other side three blocks, and you go five high. Um, and then you cover it with a metal lid. Now, you can build it as big as you want or as small as you want. And um, put a metal lid on top, two blocks inside with a metal grate so your animal is off the ground. It could be a pork shoulder, lamb, or chicken, um, any cotton meat that you want, including your veg. Um, keep it off the the yeah, So you're doing the, the cabbages and stuff and the garlic and yep. stuff in there as well? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you put your fire to one end. Now, the thing is with the breeze blocks is there's holes in them. So one block at either side of the pit, you turn it on its side. Now, the block is square anyway, so it doesn't really matter what side you put it on. But you face the hole outwards. Then you can put another block in front of that, and that's your damper. Control um, the airflow then. Awesome. See, so you can, if, if you have the metal lid covered and your fire has gone out, and you don't want to remove the metal lid because you lose all your heat straight away, just open up your damper a little bit and let a bit of oxygen in there, and that will help build the fire up again yep. and that will get the heat up so you control it's cooking with fire it's all about controlling your fire um and, and that's one of the main things you know um like two nights ago here it, it rained so much so i was up all night controlling the fire adding more because the colder weather it is the more fuel we use yeah um so that that was quite a tough night you know uh top before i put in a large log of wood it's gone in like a half an hour um so i had to keep topping it up um, with lots of charcoal, and I was using the Malibu um, charcoal because it'll burn longer, um, no matter what the weather is. You know, it'll it's a high heat yeah. charcoal, and uh, loaded up of wood and got the smoker finally up to 120 degrees after many hours. Um, which is another incredible guy. He's smoker. You should ha- have a look at him. Uh, Fingal Ferguson uh, from Gobine smoked cheeses and meats and everything. Um, very talented uh, Irish fellow down here in Cork. We'll check him out. Uh, yeah, Fingal Ferguson. Um, great, great. He, he gave me his smoker, and it's an incredible thing um, that he has. You know, uh, he hitched it onto the back of the van as well, and drove it down and parked it up. You know, um, and uh, great, great stuff. You know. Awesome. Um, you mentioned uh, the master classes. What, what are the master classes you're doing? Um, <laughs> it was in uh, Celtic Ross Hotel in Cork. Okay. Um, but I started Saturday morning, um, prepare, you know, preparing everything. And um, we cooked everything through Saturday night. And then the master class was from 3 to 7, but lasted until about 9.30 last night. So I got home around 3 a.m. <laughs> um, it was for about 40 people. Um, and we went through the whole thing of barbecue from brines, rubs, marinades, finishing sauces, beef, lamb, pork, chicken, wow. fish veg, desserts, um, and, and six different cooking methods all over fire. Um, right, I need to get myself on one of these classes then. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you, there was a lot of happy faces when they were leaving. Uh, I bet, they, I were, bet. They, were, they, were, they were quite nervous of cooking fire with fire and barbecue. Um, 
but I think they'll definitely have a bit of a buzz to it now and actually say, you know what, I'm going to give it a try because it was quite a lot of fun. There was no recipes. It was just making stuff up and having a serious amount of fun with them uh, and getting them to rub up tons of meat and do everything. So, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Sounds great. Yeah. So, so they, they would have left like pretty much uh, all rounded up uh, near enough experts. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was supposed to be gone by 7 o'clock, and they were still there at 11 o'clock last night, um, all talking and, and mingling. But that's what fire awesome. does. Yeah, it that's what it's all about. Yeah, it brings them together, and they loved it, absolutely loved it. So, yeah, it was quite hard work, but it was well worth it in the end, you know? Awesome. Sounds good, mate. But, yeah, no, doing all of these uh, things here in Ireland is very good, you know. Hopefully I'll be back to London as well soon enough um, to do more. Uh, work as well next year and uh, take Holy Smoke to the next step as well, you know. Um, okay, so are there, are there potentially more Holy Smokes on their way? Uh, can't say too much, secret. but, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, in my mind, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, of course, um, you know, it's a great little brand uh, that we're going to be setting up and, um, you know, it's a very good one. And, um, you know, I just became as well Ireland's food ambassador there a few weeks ago as well with Fall to Ireland uh, here in Ireland, which is a, a very big honour. Yeah, uh, very exciting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, working I mean, You're a big ambassador of, of Irish produce anyway. I mean, I've heard many things. I mean, watched yeah. videos and heard you talking before about Irish beef and, and yeah. Irish produce and, and that sort of, even yeah. when you're in barbecue, I mean, in other restaurants, you've imported sort of the Irish yeah. beef because you love it so much. Yeah, absolutely, you know. Uh, Irish beef is the best in the world, you know, um, to a degree in what, what they do, you know. There's different countries feeding animals different products and um, different climates and uh, different temperatures and fat contents. And uh, just for us, uh, I think, well, for the Irish beef anyway, it rains so much here, the grass is always green in Ireland. Um, <laughs> they, they're very lean animals and there's an awful lot of uh, marbling within them and there's good fat content. Um, and they're they're a good animal. Yeah. However, you wouldn't be using the Irish brisket for, or say, you wouldn't be using the Irish beef for a slow cooked brisket. Um, you know, unless if it has an awful lot of fat in there. Um, so the American style brisket is just delicious. You know, when yeah. you have it, um, much different. But um, definitely for the beef rumps and the sirloins and the roastings and um, oh yeah, all all of that dry aged and oh, that's just perfect. You know. <laughs> awesome perfect yeah awesome well thank you very much yeah. for coming on thank you so much for having me yeah no it's thank been really you. good I mean uh, really great chatting to you and, uh, and hearing about everything and uh, hopefully we'll get over to your festival yeah. and hopefully we'll get over in there then we'll be able to check out Holy Smoke and uh, try out yeah. the 100 beers do a bit of bowling a bit of karaoke and then back uh, down for some more food back down for <laughs> some more food <laughs> well that sounds like a good weekend yeah oh yeah looking forward to it that's just a night <laughs> I haven't Amazing. planned it yet but, but it sounds good already yeah fantastic I can't wait can't wait awesome man. thank um, you very much okay. for giving up your time and I know you're a very busy guy and I'll let you Don't go worry. and uh, good luck with, with everything this year and uh, thank yeah. you see you soon thank you cheers mate cheers mate no bye bye thanks bye, bye.
Thanks for tuning in, guys. We've recorded yet another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. As always, we're brought to you by ProQ Barbecue Gourmet and Smoke with Chack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you're thinking about buying your first smoker, looking to upgrade, or even looking to pick up some epic accessories, check them out over at Max Barbecue. And uh, Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the US and around the world. And you can find them on Twitter and online barbecue under Barbecue Gourmet. Regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas, or electric, the real taste of barbecue can be yours all year round. And Smoke with Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, and you provide the talent. So if you're looking for smoking wood chunks, dust, chips, or planks, then head on over to smokewoodshack.com, and you can find them on Twitter at smokewoodshack. So goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. See you next time. Cheers. Um, just let I hope you know, didn't say anything uh, mean about me when I wasn't here at the beginning. Well, I'll just let everyone know that yeah. you weren't here because you were sort of watching the videos I put out trying to learn stuff about barbecue because you know nothing and uh, you, you respect me as like an amazing barbecue chef. So you were just reading through my... You wanted to take a bit of time to like read through my recipes and watch my videos and just listen to me talk a bit on the podcast. You, you often bit, cut your bit bits out. because I was having to uh, tell everyone all the bits you'd missed out all the time on the, on the videos. So it's... Uh. I was spending quite a lot of time answering mm. questions Don't for you so. because yeah. you're just too busy. Yeah, you're making things up for you. Mm. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, anyway. Well, I hope you said some nice stuff when I want to hear anyway. Uh, didn't really mention you, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye. See you next time.